have all you want, but don't get between me and the blood wine. Welcome aboard the USS Boda. This is your captain, not Patrick Stewart speaking. You're listening to Dork Trek. Dorktrek.com. Engage, Mr. Manny. House, that's for damn sure. Well, if he's not... <laughs> if he's I, mean, not, I don't know why you would even start a rumor like that. If Well, the thing about Dennis is if he's not going to show... If he's not the first one here, he ain't coming. I've noticed, uh, that, about, I've noticed that about Dennis. The same in the bedroom. Uh, ooh! Ooh, that Dennis. Oh, what a whore. So, well, we move it because of Dennis, or do we move it because of the other show? No, we moved it because of Dennis, because it's, it's school scheduling. Oh, but it's fine. He's probably got Halloween stuff. He probably ate too much candy and fell over. <laughs> Good for him. I sat here for, for two hours. I've got like 30 pounds of candy. And like I've got all kinds of delicious candies because I wanted to be the nice old man on the neighborhood. You know, no kids are coming to your place. Yeah, you live in an apartment complex. Ain't well, nobody yeah, coming I, to your I house. Kids, I see all the kids get dressed up and then they get in their cars and leave. So they're going to the nice neighborhoods. Exactly. People are going to give out full size candy bars. Ain't nobody coming to your house. So I text Haley and I'm just like, hey, any kids at your house? Because she had texted me and said, hey, how does this work? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, she's like, well, you used to live here. And I was like, yeah. And I went over to your house and gave out candy with your mom seven years ago. <laughs> but your mom, ain't nobody coming to your house, Ben. You live in an apartment complex. I feel like so, in an apartment, if you can't put out like a light, you know, because that's yeah. the old rule. It's like if you have your light on, then you're mm-hmm. trick-or-treat, you know. Yeah. Um, there's no way to tell. There's no way to tell. So you got to put out some kind of decoration. you got to put a sign up that says trick-or-treat or something. Has- but I don't think people aren't going to go trick-or-treating no. in apartments. Free candy. Haley and I waited an hour and a half. Nobody came. I'd already seen all the kids in my apartment leave and go to the good neighborhoods. So then you ate it all? So, no, me, her, and uh, her friend went over to Village Inn. Oh. <laughs> pie night. And so, you know, they're all dressed up and they're like, What are you dressed up as? I'm like, I'm a middle aged white guy. And <laughs> scary. Oh, I'm voting Republican. Oh. <laughs> I demand my social security. I think we should cut the social security entitlements. Except for me. (laughs) And so then we come back and as we were coming back, uh, one of the neighbor kids was coming home from trick-or-treating and they just happened to be at their door as I was going in mine. I'm like, hey, do you want some more candy? I want candy. I'm like, please take all of this if you can. So I don't don't even buy any this year. I was like, I know nobody's going to come to the door. If I do anything, I'm going to go to Dollar Tree and get like a tiny bag. I'm going to buy her like a a full size thing of Reese's cups or something because she's like literally the only one that (laughs) that I could rely upon. There you go. I bought candy at Ollie's. I bought three bags of it. It's supposed to rain all day here in Cincinnati, and it did. And my wife was like, we don't have enough candy. Go buy more. Go buy more. And I did. Nobody showed up. Mm -hmm. So now we have all all this candy that I'm forced to eat. It's shameful. I know. Shameful. I made a point to buy the majority of the candy uh, as candy that I enjoy myself. Of course. Well, you have to. Just, just in case. Just in case. Just in case. Welcome to the Halloween episode of Dork Trek. 
Ooh, this episode, I like to call. I like to call this episode. What's the word I'm looking for here? Hmm. This is a decompression episode. If, yeah. there's, if there's ever been one, decompressing their balls. No. Decompression on deck, dick. We gonna get it. Yes, this episode is all about sex. Yeah. This is my favorite episode. Yeah. Stars. <laughs> sex. Lovely, lovely. All about sex. Looking for Parmak in all the wrong places. Which is a really good title. Mm-hmm. If you remember the country song. I love the song. Well, yeah, but we're old. What about kid, the, the, the millennials are going to be like, you know what, man? Fuck them. Okay, this show came out, what, 25 years ago? Yeah, you yeah. know what? They already ruined Applebee's. What are they going to ruin? Looking for love in all the wrong places. I was looking, and when I saw the title of the song, I mean, the title of the episode, I just started singing the song. I was looking for Parnak in all the wrong places. (laughs) Looking for Parnak with too many faces. Needle do. So the cool thing about this is it was written by ronald d moore of course it was it's a klingon episode and it was directed though by andrew j robinson who is a garrick who is garrick yeah so which i think is why uh quark uh, came out looking so good in this episode yeah he'd be loving quark jack taking care of his boy this is a good episode yeah i just yeah great great start to the episode too it is what happened at the beginning of the episode, Benjamin? I don't remember because I watched it last <laughs> I watched it Benjamin, last Benjamin, how could you sell it like that and then forget <laughs> what happened? Well, see, what had happened was is I watched it last night because I thought that's when we recorded and then... So your know, brain only remembers things for 24-hour periods? It, well, then I kind of watched this week's episode of Doctor Who and it's about spiders and I was really creeped out about that. And so that's what's on my mind right now. That's no excuse. I was watching Tombstone right before we started this episode. That's a good good movie there, Tombstone. I've seen it so many times, I could put it on in the background while I was working and not even have to look at the screen. Tombstone's good. I will say I prefer Wyatt Earp. Uh, I'm done. Uh, (laughs) I'm done. I'm just... We're going to join Dennis over on the other... I apologize. But for me, it's a Kevin Costner thing. It's not... It's not a two. It's not like I just like Kevin Costner. I see. I would I know, say that, that but I'm just I'm I'm not not in this case though. And I like the fact that the the wider movie is all about his whole life as opposed to just the tombstone incident, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. I mean, granted, and I will say, I'm not going to make any friends here, but I think Dennis Quaid is just as good, if not better, than Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. Oh, my God. And here's, here's the – okay, so – I love – I love – Dennis Quaid's Doc Holliday is super no. – people be sleeping on it, son. No. People, sleeping on it. People be sleeping on uh, Tombstone. I, I just, no, but everybody loved Tombstone. Everybody be hating on White Earp, son. No, That's, that was the thing, though, is White Earp was the higher budget. White Earp had the bigger stars. Because you think, look at who starred in Tombstone. None of those guys other than, well, not even uh, Sam, what's his name? 
Sam Watts. I love Sam Watts' his name. He was in uh, Who's It's Nuts. <laughs> he, was, he was in Big Lebowski. But, uh, I mean... Uh, um, Sam yeah. Elliott. Sam Elliott. Sam Elliot. Waters. Sam Waters. Nah, nah, nah. Already we're talking about Law and Order? <laughs> Just <laughs> right after the No, so... I had to throw some in for somebody playing the drinking game, you know? It's true. It's See, true. They, they never talked about Tombstone in Starlog magazine, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> But my my wider movie had Gene Hackman. I I just I don't. And Mark Harmon. None of that. Do, do, I mean, I like I've seen that. Tombs, Tombs, Tom Sizemore. You haven't seen White White Earp is good. It's White Earp is an actual like Tombstone is about the Tombstone event. White Earp yeah. is about his whole life. So, like, you learn more about the man behind that one incident. Gotcha. It, it's pretty cool. Like, you kind of learn in Wyatt Earp that, like, he's more, he's not really heroic, if you will. He's just more about, like, he's, he's like a prospector trying to make a buck. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how the movie ends. Like, he, he's on a slow boat to Alaska, like, looking for gold. That one seems like it's a little bit more serious. It's like more of a yeah. like a biopic where is. Tombstone is like it's trying to be like just a sensationalized western, which oh, totally. I'm yeah. fine with. You know? It's, a, I, it's like uh, fucking Wyatt Earp's gun and Tombstone might as well like shoot rockets out of it and like <laughs> like horses exploding all over the place. I, Tombstone's very, a little more subtle. I'm I have like an ongoing relationship though with Tombstone. Like I when I first saw it, I, I was very much in touch with with Wyatt's character. Ding dong, and like I, the whole thing, like his his wife, I had no sympathy for. And then don't even get me started on that shit. It. Yeah, but so, <laughs> so then I grew, and I the more I watched, it, I was like, you know, God, I mean, no wonder she's on fucking drugs. This, you know, he's a fucking mm-hmm. whore, so she has an excuse, and I can't believe he treats her like that. And why would she put up with it? And then, though, I watch a History Channel special on it. It's like, oh, not History Channel, but a History YouTube thing. And it's like... The History oh. YouTube thing? Yeah, it's even worse than what we thought because it's not like he's, he's uh, cheating on his, his beloved wife who, you know, and now she's developed a drug problem. She is actually a whore. Yeah. He was yeah. Her pimp. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, they imply that at the beginning of Tombstone. I, well, I'm missed the implication because of the implication <laughs> well i missed the implication jenny <laughs> i did not catch that until you know mr you know how accurate is this movie historically videos uh and this guy has a youtube channel and he'll take like a movie based in a historical time and say, nobody oh, got time for that let me rip it apart get, well, a if, real, get a real life loser well, hey, history majors got to make a living how they can i'm your huckleberry no it's uh no don't get me wrong like I think Tombstone is dope as shit. Like, it's a great movie, and Val Kilmer's awesome in it. But, like, I just kind of like Wyatt Earp more because I have a soft spot in my heart for Kevin Costner. That's all. I love Kevin Costner. I think when this movie had finally come out, I was about – I mean, I, I love me some Kevin Costner, but I think that was after a series of Kevin Costner movies. Right, like where every point. movie is three and a half hours long. Yeah, well, yeah. that's because they would let him do whatever he wanted to. They're like, you're the biggest fucking star in the whole wide world. Just do it, you know? And mm-hmm. all of his movies were making money at the time. I guess Waterworld kind of didn't do as well as they wanted it to. But Waterworld's, Waterworld's still a good picture. It's all right. You know, it's still a good movie. Um, but I mean, like he had 
I think the final straw for Costner was the postman. Uh, that's what I think people were like, all right, dude, enough's mm-hmm. enough. <laughs> like, Calm down. You can't oh, make 15-hour movies anymore. Like, this is enough's enough, sir. No, I, I think Postman was where I finally, like, I enjoyed it. And I, I love any kind of post-apocalyptic quotsits. But it was just one of those things where it's like, okay, can, can I just get a, yeah. get, a, get a break now? Yeah, I need, I need, I need, a, I need a break. And I, I feel like, though... Um, because I mean, listen, came out first, didn't it? Listen, he was in the Untouchables, No Way Out, Bull Durham, Field of Dreams, um, Dances with Wolves, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, JFK, The Bodyguard. A Perfect World is awesome. Like that Clint Eastwood flick, mm-hmm. um, Wyatt Earp. I don't remember the War. Um, I don't remember. That's one's with that's with Elijah Wood. I don't remember that one. He's a Vietnam vet. I don't remember that one. Um, uh, Waterworld. Then he did Tin Cup, and Tin Cups. Tin Cups uh, a great. That's a great ass movie. Uh, that was at the peak of my golf obsession. Yes, uh, The Postman, and that was kind of. I mean, you know, and then after that, he didn't make another movie till '99. That was. I- that was 10 years of movies right there that I just rattled off, basically. Yeah, I mean, people, I mean, because one of the first ones you named off, though, uh, No Way Out. That's a great movie. I love that movie, and I don't think enough people have watched that movie. Mm, no Way Out. And, dude, he was even in Silverado, which was super dope. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, a, he's good in cowboy movies. But, yeah, man, I mean, the, untouch- the Untouchables was wonderful. I enjoyed that other than the Irish guy who spoke with a Scottish accent. Yeah, but whatever, man. It's fucking your boy, Sean Connery. You can do whatever he wants. I was going to say, you freaking love uh, Highlander. Yeah. Don't get started on freaking <laughs> accents with that movie. And then I heard I heard Hatfields and McCoys was awesome. Yeah, I want to see that. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I heard that was good. You know, and then he was just the hot shit, dude. And I... I I tell I mean, you what, if, if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor and watch 3,000 Miles to Graceland. It's the worst, best movie in the whole wide world. <laughs> like, it's so, it's so bad. It's, I mean, it's laughably awful, but it's still just wonderful. I'm in. I, I, I'm I in. See that instead of Man of Steel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not yeah. a fan of his paw hint. Uh, I thought... I thought that was a good cast. Like, I was like, oh, that makes sense. But I think it was more the film than yeah. him. Yeah. Because I think Kevin Costner playing a farmer, that's a home run every time. Mm-hmm. But not some, like, weird. Yeah. So, anyway. Anywho, back to Star Trek. So, and this yeah. was actually a really good episode. It is. So, everybody, everybody, everybody be fucking in this episode. Julian be walking down the, uh, the passageway. And he hears some some uh, some yelling and stuff coming out of the old Miles. Well, he can't he can't make out the voices. He's kind of listening in, and uh, Quark catches him uh, eavesdropping. But uh, then he he notices Quark can hear all of it because then uh, Ferengi ears can big, hear all. The big old ears, baby. So they walk down the hall a bit, and then you know uh, Quark starts telling him you know that the O'Briens are fighting again. Oh. And uh, he just wanted to hear him fucking. That's well, why he was listening. Ooh, yeah. And so they're, uh, you know, they're, he's listening in kind of, and then he gets caught listening by, uh, K- by Keiko coming down the hall. Mm. He goes, oh, huh? She goes in the 
in their quarters. And he's like, I thought you said, you know, the O'Briens were arguing. He's like, well, I didn't say Keiko. I didn't say which O'Briens. Yeah. <laughs> and so I guess uh, Miles is like fighting again. You know, this is like a common thing where he's like, no, you know, fighting with Kira that she's got to take it easy and, you know, the baby and everything. And uh, so, yeah, that's what's happening. And uh, this is, I guess, a common thing. You kind of knew what you were in for because this was a uh-huh. this was a very cutesy pootsy beginning. Mm-hmm. So you knew you were going to kind of see cutesy pootsy stuff throughout the episode. Well, see, this is something we don't I don't think bring up enough though is that Nat, Nana Visitor, uh, the actress who plays Kira Norris, is actually pregnant right now. Yes, with Julian's baby. It, but yeah, it's the Julian Bashir actor's real life baby. They they, like, they done had sex. Well, it was a few episodes ago where yep. there's a scene in, in Commander uh, or in Captain uh, Cisco's office where she's complaining about it and she's like, well, you did this to me. I yes. laughed so freaking hard yeah. when I heard yeah, her say that. Was, yeah, literally. I mean, it, you know, in the show and in real life. Yeah. So <laughs> that was kind of funny. And so I think all the scenes where Julian is involved with the pregnancy, I, I'm always looking for those in jokes. Mm-hmm. I really didn't catch that here. I mean, I, I was hoping, to, you know, like, man, she's a bitch. And then, what a fucking dumbass whore. I mean, nothing. But yeah, that's that. So, yeah, I, that was a cute joke. That was fun. But then we cut down to uh, who were, who were I'm trying to think where they were. Eavesdropping Keiko. Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying though. But then, uh, oh, it's at the Replimat where uh, Jadzia and Warfar, and that's when Grilka shows up. And this Klingon chick and these two Klingon dudes show up, and Jed Z is like, "Oh, I guess the peace talks are going pretty good." My God, she's magnificent. She's and glorious. I, that was—I mean, I don't know. I just—I felt like that was very rude to Jed Z. I mean, whether at this point they were interested in each other or not, that he's just like, "Oh, he's wow. fucking he clueless. He has no idea yeah, that he doesn't, he's yeah. trying to bang him." Yeah, he doesn't know. He—he he doesn't realize that this relation that she wants to hump him. He just thinks they're like platonic friends or whatever. See, and I—I I did feel bad for her at this point because I was like, I thought that they had already been hooking up or something, yeah. and here he's turning and like, "Oh my God, look at this! I want to bang her right my here on the fucking God. bar." I've never been harder. <laughs> Like, and Jadzia is not a very, like, jealous or catty type of person. Like, she's a very strong individual. But, like, you see, like, a, like, who's this bitch? And, like, she starts cutting her down, like. See, it's weird. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really get that at all. Like, when they kind of made their way and he was, like, they were watching her, I I thought she was kind of, like, wingmanning it up to some point. She was like, oh, that's what's-her-face. And, oh, yeah. It takes her a minute to do it. But then when she goes into Quark's and Quark walks up, she's like, oh. Oh, I remember that's Quark's ex-wife. Yeah. And then the mm. look on Worf's face where he's just like, mm. oh, that's when he realized that they could be Eskimo brothers. Yeah, he's like, mm, me and Quark are Eskimo bros. I don't know about that. Mm. And so uh opening credits, opening credits, blah blah blah. And then uh Quark is serving her a drink and she's like, You may not have been, you know, much of a husband, but you're an excellent bartender. <laughs> and you've got big ears, right? And so she's talking about how the war has basically, you know, started costing her house money. You know, the house of Grilka. And uh they've you know, she's not asking 
for help or anything. And so she's like, you know, because Klingons don't do that financial bullshit. That's why they got accountants, I guess. And so. Yeah, that's why they keep Ferengi around. Yeah. And so, you know, Quark is like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take care of that. I got that. I can help. But Quark is also I know helping. you're not asking. Mm, Quark is also helping though because he wants to try to knock them boots, Jack. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because I guess this I guess this Grilka lady is uh like the tip top of Klingon trim, bro. Like yeah, yeah. she's the top notch. I'd do her. What? Just saying. You'd rub both of her clits, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I'm not too big on her uh her ridges. I, yeah, I'm not really I, big. I don't like that pattern. I got to agree. Her eyebrows are super weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big Grilka fan. Yeah, eyebrows are weird. Not, not like she's a Duras sister. Well, well, I mean, to be fair, I think she's a little. I think she's a little more subtle than the Duras sisters because the mm-hmm. Duras sisters, like their titties, be hanging out and stuff, and like that's because their faces are kind of busted. I think. I think the Duras mm-hmm. sisters know that they grills are busted, so they're trying to distract. Our faces. Yeah, totally. Like, well, if they look at our hot tits, nobody will look at our busted ass faces. I I used the term butterface the other day. Not derogatory way. She a but not Ben. If you say butterface, there's no other way you mean. No, it. I was, the the term had come up, and I said, "Oh, but that I'd use the 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 you know butter bank account or something." And uh, the other person was like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "It's like the, the old joke with butterface," and they were like, "I I don't get it." I'm like, I mean, you're old enough; you should know this thing. You've never heard butter. You know, she's got a great body. But her face, so she's a butter face. Butter face. It's like, I, why would she have butter on her face? I'm like, oh my god, you're a fucking you fucking idiot. Yeah, that's what you just tell that person. Be like, you're dumb. Just walk away from me. Yes, I, just I, be I, dumb. Just go I, be dumb somewhere. I, I, I have, I have become impatient with your existence. Look here, <laughs> look here, dummy. Go be dumb over there, please. Thank you. We we took a vote. No, nobody likes you. Yeah, we took a vote. You're dumb. But uh, yeah, butter face. So when Worf and Dax head up to Ops, she's, you know, Dax tells, you know, the backstory for the folks who don't believe in serialized television. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, if you don't know what happened a couple of seasons ago, we're going to recap it for you. Previously on Deep Space Nine. Yeah, yeah. All you would have needed right there was um, her voiceover. Previously on Deep Space Nine. I mean, and to so- be fair, I had kind of forgotten and I only watched like what two months ago or something <laughs> <laughs> for everybody watching it in real time. This has been like a year. Yeah. at so. least. And so Dax though is like, Oh, but see, you know, Worf, you got a case of the Parmakai Parmakai or whatever. And what is it? Uh, Cisco's like, I better not be contagious. Don't I think that's the only time we see Cisco in this episode. I think so. Yeah. He just shows up, throws a baseball at somebody. He's like, all right, I just came here to get my check. I'll see you guys later. Peace them out. And yep. so, got the. I, it's still never going to beat the episode of TNG, where I, I I don't even remember which episode it was, but something was going on, and then there's a scene in the transporter room, and O'Brien and Jordy are are working on the uh, transporters, or maybe it was, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Broccoli, and uh, Broccoli. Broccoli are working on the transporters. And all of a sudden the transport room doors open, Picard walks in and he's like, is everything going all right? Uh, we, we should have a, you know, an estimate in, in 15 to 20 minutes. All right, keep up the good work. 
And, then he walked, <laughs> and that was his entire thing. And I was like, oh my God, Patrick Stewart, just, he just walked in, went, my check. Thank you. Well, I mean, Avery Johnson, I mean, Avery Johnson, Avery Brooks kind of does that in this one. He just shows up and throws a ball at somebody and then leaves. That better not be contagious. Ball. That better be contagious. Peace, I'm out. And I mean, yeah. I would expect that if he was directing the episode at least. Yeah, but it's I, not even, yeah, I can get that, but he, it's, it's Garrick that's doing it. So it's just yeah. like, what the hell, man? Just shows up in jets. I mean, he's got better, he's got shit he's got to do. I've, yeah. I've got an audition that I have to practice for. <laughs> This show isn't going to last. There is a Spencer for Hire <laughs> reu- <laughs> reunion episode I need to be in. Bobby, Bobby York needs me. <laughs> but uh, so meanwhile, in the meanwhile in the infirmary, uh, O'Brien is uh, collecting some medicine for uh, from Bashir to help ease. Uh, I guess the what is it? The the Bajoran women don't get morning sickness, but they sneeze. Yes. And of course, O'Brien fixed it. I mean, not O'Brien, but of course, um, Julian fixed it because he fixes everything that Julian is brilliant. He is, he is and, and handsome. So, O'Brien, though, he's like testing, like he tests the, the nasal. <laughs> yeah. That's good shit. Oh, God, that nitrous. <sighs> God, uh, I, it reminds me of Steve Martin. In fucking uh, Little Shop of Horrors, where he's just huffing nitrous. (laughs) (laughs) I am your dentist. Who was the patient in that? Uh, Bill Murray. Yep. Bill Murray was the original? Jack Nicholson. Very good. Jack Nicholson was the original patient. I can't tell you who the original doctor was, um, but I just, for some reason, I just remember that it was Jack Nicholson. And I love Bill Murray in that part. It was so awesome. But I love I, I love Little Shop of Horrors as a movie. Like I think it's it's one of my favorite things in the entire world. Both which or old or new? Just the newer one. I haven't seen the older one. Mm. I just know the Jack Nicholson part. It's just this thing, like this random yeah. piece of trivia that just stuck in my brain. I, I saw the original first. I liked it, but uh, I I have to admit that the the new one was mm-hmm. feed Miss Seymour. <laughs> Yeah, the voices of the, of the puppet, uh, what, Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis, is sudden, the Suddenly Seymour song is great. Yeah. I love that movie. I love that. That's one of those things where it's like that and Beetlejuice and Ghostbusters. My, my daughter came home the other day singing the Ghostbusters theme, and she's like, I want to watch Ghostbusters. And I just went, yeah, <laughs> let's watch Ghost. Because there's these things Damn. as like an 80s parent that like Back to the Future is one of those things that I can't wait to show my children, you know? I, mm-hmm. I took my, uh, the twin boys to see Halloween. Ooh, only, only one of them went with me. Okay. <laughs> the other one was like, I'm good. Well, I, I wouldn't have seen, I wouldn't I've have seen, seen the original. I'm not interested. <laughs> Thank you for caring, Father. Thank you for including me in your plans. I'll, I'll stay here and play PlayStation. Hard pass. Yeah. And so we, I left him uh, and his his older brother here, and then me and the youngest uh, go to see Halloween. And you know, Dan, there's a couple of scenes where Daniel, between the music and and just knowing horror movies, he he was wearing my Cubs hat, so he would just kind of pull the hat down. Let the murder, uh-huh. let the murder happen, and then I do that. The back up, and I'm like, okay, you're good. You know what? But, I've I've never seen all of The Shining because I I know when scary parts are going to happen based on the music, and I'll change the channel or just turn or just leave the room and come back when it's over. 
I just wanted to, though, I was trying to remember because my best friend Jay and I were big Halloween fans. Jay, I think, was more uh, Friday the 13th. Okay. Friday, not Friday, uh, the Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street. I think he was more of a Freddy. I was more of a Michael with what our fandoms were. And I don't think either of us were big into Jason. Um, and we had this thing worked out so that we would go to the Coleman County Triplex. Ooh. And they had movies at seven and nine. So you would go to the, the scary Halloween or uh, uh, Hall uh, was it Nightmare at seven, and then you'd watch like Who Framed Roger Rabbit or which is a, which is a good one. Whatever whatever the, the the comedy cartoon palate cleanser for the late show. Mm -hmm. That way, the last thing you saw wasn't murder death. <laughs> and, and I just I mean I what I was probably seven when Halloween came out or something like that, but. It's just that was the one that I fixated. I, I probably was like part four was was the one that came out in theaters when I was old enough to see it. And then you catch up on the old ones on VHS. And I was trying to use that as a guideline of when should I take the twins to see Halloween? Yeah. Like, when did I when did I watch it? And then how damaged am I because of that? <laughs> you got to damage them really young so that it, you know, get it out of the way. Well, yeah. and how damaged are you because of that? I don't think it's because of that. I, I think it's the alcoholic parents and the constant abuse and uh, bullying in school. Okay. But, you know, yeah. In Star Trek. So. So wait a minute. So the Star Trek has something to do with it too? Well, the Star Trek had something to do with what making me who I am. Okay. I mean, absolutely. I mean, look at my fucking walls. Look at them. For the Patreons, you can see my walls this week. Look at those walls. They're beautiful. I have tape on my walls. I want to kiss your beautiful walls. But, I mean, that's... I'm just... Star Put Trek, in my mouth. Star Trek kept me from being a uh, yokel, so... <laughs> but anyway, I mean, that's... So, Halloween, I think... Uh, I had to be 14 or 15 when I started watching that. And so... The twins are fifth or fourteen, so yeah, they're old enough. Sure, right? Sure, sure. PG thirteen. Yeah, that didn't even exist when. No, uh, it didn't at all. So no, he's fine. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, great as ever. I she used she was addicted to opioids at one point, according to the front page magazine at the well, at the show place the, where you buy foods, the groceries. Well, yeah, but that's the thing is that. You got to think, I mean, here she is like 17 or 18 years old. She gets attacked by this serial killer. He almost kills her and then he disappears and they don't give counseling for that back in the 70s. Oh, then she just gets, yeah, she eats he a bunch of yogurt. He had to internalize that PTSD. Uh, yogurt she, stopped fixing it. Because she can't shit, so she's forced to eat yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> her insides are so destroyed from the scariness that is michael myers who's basically just william shatner back to star trek see it, yeah. it all comes around spin a wheel and it goes round and and she can't poop so she's got to eat some yogurt and then she starts taking opioids which is odd because if michael myers attacked me i i think i would shit myself but it makes sense though because from what i understand opioids make mm -hmm. you not shit ah. i was about to say that so that's why yeah. she has to to eat all the activia yeah, she's like you know what man i'd be taking too much percocet and i can't shit anymore <laughs> so i gotta eat this yogurt so my life is just basically percocet and yogurt that's it 
Percocet makes the pain go away and yogurt makes the shit come. Activia. (laughs) Proud sponsor of Dork Track. That's right. When I take too many Percocets and I can't shit, I just eat this yogurt and poop my brains out. Activia. Helping America's opioid crisis since 1978. Well, I saw a commercial for a medicine that is supposed to help opioid people who take opioid shit. And I was like, wow, if that's not kind of inventing a, uh, a solution to a problem that you've created pharmaceutical companies, that's amazing. It's like, look, we're going to give you this problem. It's called taking opioids. And then we're going to give you a medication to help you poop after you take too many opioids. And well, then there's probably side effects to that. And you have to yeah. take more medication to <laughs> counteract the side effects of that one. Well, what happens is that your anus hurts so bad from shitting so much, you have to take more opioids. And then it's mm-hmm. just a constant kind of, yeah, circle. And then you're on heroin, blowing, it, blowing strangers. Was, I, I was reading, and it was this book I'm reading, and in, in, uh, one part of it, they were concerned that one of uh, the other characters was, was addicted to, uh, to drugs or like drugs or something. And he's like, well, heroin's cheaper than beer now. And I'm like, wait, when did that happen? What I mean, fucking beer do they buy? I was like, I can go get some PBR for <laughs> fucking cheap. Um, and, and so why the fuck would I get heroin? I, I mean, this beer's legal. Yes, beer is legal. And yet, yeah, I mean, the black tar PBR. But, yes. Uh, no. Anyway, so yeah, so uh, Quark is, I mean, not Quark, but Warp <laughs> is caught up. Well, Julian, though, Julian is talking to O'Brien about uh, Kira getting out of the bathtub. Well, yeah, because he's talking about how he's helping her and stuff. And he's like, um, you know, because he wants him to go, hey, I hear the Jerry's are trying to cross the channel. And it's like, you know, go back to fight his little World War II stuff. And he's like, no, 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 I got to, you know, deal with her. And so um, he says, O'Brien says something about, you know, having to help her get out of the tub the other day. And Julian's like, did you look? Wait, what? Describe it to me slowly. Yes. Draw me a picture. He's like, whoa, does it, it was Keiko. What did she think about this? And she's like, you know, she's a bitch she was telling me to masturbating. Help I'm a sex pervert. Yeah, she was like rubbing her one out while I was helping her bathe. Because this is what we do. This is what the O'Briens are into now. Mm-hmm. Apparently. I mean, it's just. And so. Uh... There's that back and forth between them. And then, you know, meanwhile, back at Cork's bar. Um, this is what the O'Briens do. It's just, I mean, they're into this, this weird family dynamic now, you know. And uh, the, uh, back at the, at the bar, you know, Quark is, uh, you know, putting the moves on Grilka. Yeah. But it's a really strange way he's putting the moves on Grilka because he walks into the bar and he throws Morn out of his seat and, like, yeah. he demands yeah. blood wine. And then, like, he challenges the, um, I guess, her, her guard to a uh-huh. fight. And, the, I mean, and to be fair, like, this guard is probably – I'm going to go on record here and say the most handsome Klingon man I've ever seen before in my whole life. Yes. Like he's got the, the perfectly go, like groomed goat. He looks like an old, like a nineties R and B singer of Klingons. Yes. Like <laughs> I thought he was like Keith Sweat or somebody like he was well, you know, I mean, incredibly was this, handsome. Was this when the, the Metro uh, trend was coming? No, this was, no. I mean, he's, Metro? he's just a really handsome black man. And then they, he's a, makes a really handsome Klingon. This guy was good looking. Yeah. I was like, wow. 
Yeah. He, he obviously moisturizes a lot, yeah, and like very skin, and he smells like cocoa butter. He's the guy who played Jackie Childs on Seinfeld. Is he? No, he's not. No, That's, he's not. I'm looking at Wikipedia right now. Is Wikipedia lying to me? Well, it had. I'm looking. Hang on. Tupac, Phil Morris. That's that's Phil Morris. That Phil Morris, yeah, because his name was because uh, I was looking for Phil Morris. Whoa, that, that is him. Weird. Oh my god. He's also in Smallville. Okay. Yeah, He's well, yeah, a very handsome man. Like with that goatee. Oh, he was trainee Forrester in Search for Spock. Okay, which just yeah. goes to show you, if you do if you do Star Trek well, they'll keep bringing you back. Well, no, that was uh, okay. So his part in Star Trek Three: Search for Spock. Uh, beginning of the movie, Kirk is making a captain's log entry, right? That the Enterprise, uh, now that the trainees have all been reassigned and they're heading back to Earth, uh-huh. and a Enterprise feels like an empty house with all the children gone, right? And then he finishes his log, he's walking around the bridge, and then the young uh, tr- uh, cadet comes up, Phil Morris, and says, Sir, well, I was wondering, uh, will there be a celebration when we uh, return. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And, and Kirk looks at him and says, you know, you, know we'll have a, crazy? you want to know if we'll have a party? Well, we've paid for it with our dearest blood and walks away. He was also on Mission Impossible, the, the new TV series. Dude, he was, his first acting credit is in 1966 where he was on Star Trek. He played one of the boys in the army helmet in the episode Miri. Yep. So, so like he, he's got one of the longest pedigrees of Star Trek. Yeah, he. Wow. This goes to show you that if you are good on Star Trek, they will call you back thirty-five years later. You got to play the long game. <laughs> well, no, his his dad was on the original Mission Impossible, which was filming at the same time. Interesting. And if you look at them when they got to a certain age, you know how fathers and sons will kind of, you you'll hit that point where if you catch them in the right light, you're like, oh shit, yeah, I. Like Marty McFly and his dad. Yes. How they just no wait. His son, Marty the Third or Junior or whatever. I don't know. I only saw the first movie, so I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, uh, he his whole family has been connected up to this whole Star Trek thing. Because like he was in he was in Star Trek in 1966, and then he was in Search for Spock in '84, and then he was in this episode of Deep Space Nine. He was in two episodes. In 96, then he was in an episode of Voyager in 99. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, he's gotten some work from uh, from the Star Trek there. Well, I think from Paramount. Because yeah. if, you, if you look at his IMDb page, he uh, will, uh, you know, have even a lot more stuff that you're like, oh, that guy. He's very handsome. Very handsome. So, yeah, and so Worf puts the, you know, the traditional moves and her, uh, the older bodyguard who's less handsome. Yeah. Uh, takes him aside. But still, like, but still handsome. We're, we're not, you know, she's not interested in uh, taking the advances of a uh, traitor to the Empire. And the cool part was Worf is like, I meant no disrespect. Like, you just came in here and threw a morn on the floor. You said that somebody smelled like a piece of shit, and then you challenged a guy to a fight. That's as yeah. disrespectful as I can imagine, friend. Not, not for Klingon. Not for Klingon. He's trying to be alpha, and he backed yeah. down, like, immediately. Like, yeah. the second he yeah. was challenged, he's like, oh, um, yeah, my bad. Well, That's no, why I didn't work. Like, hey, I don't think I don't think he backed down. He knew his place, though. He did because he was like, "All right, this ain't nobody's buying this. Nobody's then, buying." You know, nobody's the old dude was like, "Hey, you know, we got it. You, you, you were raised by humans. You dress like a human. You, you don't know. You know, 
Well, this is the second time they mentioned that in the episode because um, What's-Her-Face says something to him too. It's like, you know, for a guy who's wearing a Starfleet uniform who was raised on Earth, you yeah. sure do love this Klingon stuff a lot. So, I mean, he gets called out twice on this bullshit. Well, to be fair, we've called him out on this shit too. Yeah, but I don't, you know what, man? Like, why can't you just give Wolf a break? He wonderful. Oh, I think we may have discussed this before. He seems almost like somebody who converted to a different religion. Like, he's way more gung-ho about it than probably even most Klingons. Because he's, like, really trying. He's like, oh, I got to go 100% to prove. But the book says you got to have two sets of batlets. One for meat and one for milk. Yeah, he's Uh he's making up for lost time. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So then, uh, you know, he tells him that, yeah, she wants you to leave. Take off their hoser. So, you know, Worf leaves, goes over to the Defiant. So now he's, you know, crying in his beer on the Defiant with Dax and, uh, and uh, who is it? Quark shows up. And uh, what is it? <laughs> well, yeah, Quark is like, you look, you got to help me crush this because I think she's into me and I want to crush it. That's, I mean, what is this? I mean, what's the move? Uh, the the uh, Roxanne. The, the oh, yeah. Oh, sh- 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 Sherno de Bergerac. Yeah, Sherno de Bergerac, yes. Which was on an episode of, you know, they staged uh, Broccoli was in Sherno de Bergerac on TNG mm-hmm. when they did the, uh, you know, their whole what is it drama department of starfleet yes their whole drama department but um so now he's basically got to be cyrano for uh for for quark and so that's you know he's going like oh you got to help me and tell me all the different things for playing on mating rituals how do i crush this help me that's, that's gotta suck for Worf. like he he just um, just got shot down and yeah. just immediately is like, hey, hey, can you help me? Can you help me hit this? Yeah. Come on, come on, bruh. I wanna I'll let you smell my finger. Let me let me crush it. <laughs> let me crush it. Let me smash this, bro, and I'll totally tell you all about it. I'll show you the pics on my phone that she'd be sending me. Yeah. If you let I'm me sure s- they made some kind of deal like that. If you look, if you help me smash, I'll let you I'll let you look I'll let you look at the pics. Come on, bro. I wanna smash. I wanna smash. Not to that uh, level, but I have been in a similar situation back in school. Carplon? No. Uh, where it's like, oh, you know, the person I had a crush on, and then somebody else is like, oh, I really, you know, really like, you know, help me out. Help me smash it. How, how do I write the letter? You, you write gooder than I do. Did you do it, Ben? Well, yeah. yeah. You should have fucked it up intentionally. I tried. Like, oh, you know who's really great? That Ben guy. I, I tried, but I didn't want to hurt anybody. So I was just like, oh, yeah. I heard that Ben guy is hung like a horse. Yeah, this will make. <laughs> and he yeah. fucks like a jackhammer. That's what I heard. I heard. Uh, I've heard. I've heard Ben is a demon in the sack. You've heard wrong. Like a jackhammer. You've heard wrong. He's a sex machine. <laughs> That that's, song. That, that's not what's on the screen newspaper. Oh, it's like a what is it? A, a dead tree. No, a dead tree. Yeah, I've never even heard that one, Ben. Now you're just making oh, yeah. up things because because you're being modest. No, I'm not. I heard that Ben is a wild stallion. 
So meanwhile, back in the the, the O'Brien residence, Miles, Miles is giving uh, leg massages to uh, to Kira. It's very erotic. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and so he's he's talking about going back and and visiting Ireland and how beautiful Ireland is, I'd which to Ireland is a beautiful country. It's so wonderful. And, and she's like, oh yeah, I'd like to, you know, maybe I'll go with you. Maybe I'll go with you, and you can. Yeah rub my clit oh, and they're like no, what is happening and they realize they, they're there's a feeling they're, they're falling in love for each other no they're not falling in love that's some some straight physical lust and, i didn't uh, like i i just didn't buy this at all not a yeah, bit me like, neither. i didn't get any I didn't, kind of chemistry from them I, and i, I like the weird like mutual attraction that they suddenly like the lightning bolts hit them or whatever like I've never known anybody that that happened to. Like, you kind of just act awkward around each other for a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know? I think, I think if anything, O'Brien's dick started moving. And then, like, when she was like, oh, I'd go to Ireland. He was like, oh, my God, I'm going to leave my family. And we're going to run away together. And this is going to be the best. I think this was more of an O'Brien thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think they both uh, were kind of catching a – Something. I just wasn't buying it. I yeah, think it's either. a proximity thing. Where, I think you know, Norris is too fine for O'Brien. I just think they haven't been doing anything. You know, Miles and, and Keiko aren't doing anything because you've got some chick across the hall. You got Molly. You know, there. So it's just it's been a long time. It's been a long time, General. You know, <laughs> uh, what is it? Bashir hasn't been available. He's been busy lately. So you well, know, Bashir's trying, but he's like, you know, I can't. I can't bang tonight. So I got um, something going on. I got to rub Narice's feet, and then I, I just I think Bashir is you know with my balls. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, then it's like good job. Regardless Bashir. of how strong the feeling is, the fact that there's like that inkling of a feeling, there's mm. that that weird guilt. So when Keiko walks in, oh, my dick moved. She saw it. I knew. Oh, don't stop on my account. I think that's what it was. Is that his dick moved and she felt it? She was yeah. like, "Whoa, hey now, Whoa, I didn't, I didn't ask for all this. I just wanted a foot massage. Foot right. massage don't mean nothing." It's like he's standing pretty far away, and she's like, "Whoa, this is not the stereotype I heard about the Irish. What the fuck's going on back there? What the fuck? This changes everything." I don't know if I can live here. I don't feel safe. <laughs> Holy that, shit. That thing could go off and I could get more Bajoran pregnant. And let me out of here. And then Keiko walks in and they start wondering immediately if they can go for a three-way. Or at least that's how it happened in my head. I'm like, thinking I that, that was already happening. <laughs> that's No. A after this, I think it happened. Like once, oh. they, once they started getting the attraction for each other. So and we, I think they went for the three. So way. when we when we cut away to uh, Worf on the Defiant listening to Klingon opera, that's when they're just like, you know, don't stop on my account. Yes, to keep rubbing it for me. Yeah. <laughs> I sadly feel like it it didn't actually happen though. Like it was just this really awkward exchange between like Miles and and Keiko. And I mean, do I put it here or do? You, Miles, you never know where to put it. Miles, why don't you rub her vagina? <laughs> Rubbing it wrong. Go counterclockwise. Miles, you're not doing it right, Miles. Bit on it, Miles. 
<laughs> Did you just say spit out at Miles? <laughs> that was really good. N- no. No, you totally said that was great. I really appreciated that. That was awesome. I like it when people say filthy shit on this show and I don't have to do it. Like, that makes me really happy. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. It's the least I could do. So now Worf is over on the <laughs> Um, you know, spit black. on it, Miles. Now spit on me, Miles. That's right. Call me a whore, Miles. So, <laughs> Worf is, is jamming out to some Miles. opera. Does anybody like opera? I mean, I'm sure not really. Does. I mean, I'm sure somebody does, but I mean, does anybody? I mean, I would listen to Klingon opera before I would listen to real opera because it's got the word Klingon in it. I just like Klingon. No, I'm I'm just I'm kind of over this whole Klingon thing now. I was getting into you've it now. Been I'm over like, it, yeah, yeah, Ben. You've been over this since you since we've met. You hate no, no, Klingon, no, no, but but DS9 Klingon stuff. If you've listened to some of the earlier episodes, I I was kind of warming up to this whole Klingon thing, and I was like, okay, it's not like the like it was on TNG. I can I can I can get behind this, but now it's just like yeah, I'm back over it again. I, I don't like the Klingons, so that's. Uh, but the, I will say that I think it's used a little. It's it's a little less yeah. in in Deep Space Nine because they have so much other shit going on. Yeah, I'd rather see. I think like the Klingon episodes in Deep Space Nine are kind of like holodeck episodes in TNG, where it's like they want to take you away from the kind of heaviness and and kind of. Uh, uh, bulky storylines of the war and the invasion and all this stuff. So let's just do a Klingon episode. Or the Ferengi episode. Yeah. I think, though, these other episodes, whether it's Ferengi episodes or Changeling episodes or Klingon episodes or Quark episodes, are better than any uh, Holosuite episode or Holodeck episode that we've had. I just, I just think it works better. So even as much as I dislike the Klingons, I think a Klingon, I would rather see a DS9 Klingon episode than a TNG holodeck episode. Oh yeah, no, totally, yeah. Because yeah. at least you know that episode is based in reality. <laughs> and the cool part about it is somewhere down the road, this will all come back. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? Yeah, they do They do a better job of tying it in with a storyline, like bringing in Groka instead of just making some random chick that walks in the bar. Yeah. You know, yeah. they tied it in with the previous episode. But I mean, to be honest, like I, I love the holodeck episodes. I like that ridiculous shit. Yeah, me I too. I don't care. <laughs> oh, then you're going to love Voyager. Yeah, I can't but, wait. Change my mind. So, uh, nah, son. <laughs> <laughs> but now, so, yeah, so Quark comes over onto the Defiant. I don't know how he gets on the Defiant, but he walks onto the He Voyager. just walked on. I mean, you know, it's open. And, you know, it's just a, the most highly advanced ship starfleet has right now yeah but it's open i mean they're connected right like they're all connected i mean you're just walking around i'm sure he asked somebody and it's core he can do whatever he wants yeah so you know he's telling Worf all about how the night went you know so i guess cork is now in voyeur mode he's going full cyrano de bergerac he's like look man i need your help and so he's gonna keep helping him and so you know they go to the hollow suite and jadzia and uh, Worf for training uh, what is it, training Quark how to be a, a Klingon lover. A tough guy. Yeah, and they're fighting uh, they're fighting Klingons. And, this is a lot of work to get some ass. It, yeah, there's there's easier ways. I'm just... I'm, I mean, I mean, Quark, I mean, girl. 
girls. I mean, can't Quark just go to the hollow suite and like just do it there? And like, yeah, but I mean, after a while, don't you get tired of masturbating? No, I I still. (laughs) I mean, no. Do you, Jenny? Well, no, but I mean, sometimes (laughs) there you go. (laughs) But sometimes it still wants some strange, you know. Yeah, but if it's a lost cause, and this feels like a lost cause, but I I guess. Is there a chick version of sitting on your hand? I don't think so. I mean, I'm I mean sure I've is. never tried it. Like, I don't know. It feels like you need to, you need to be able to move your hands a little bit more. Well, I mean, you know, I, there's a, a level of manual dexterity that you're going to have to be into that guys are just, what was it? The thing from clerks, you know, moisture yeah. tight space and rub. I mean, that's really all you need. I mean, that's why I have battery-powered devices. <laughs> and, you sh- and you should. There's nothing wrong with that. That's why I have a bank account and uh, multiple apps. But um, so um, yeah, so they're fighting, and I guess they're fighting as if they were Collis the Unforgettable and some chick that Collis banged called Lucara. Yeah, which is some great, great moment. It's the greatest Klingon love story in the history of love stories. Yeah. yeah. And so now Quark has to say some, you know, big thing in Klingonese, um, which I find it odd. I find it odd, though, that Memory Alpha now calls it Klingonese. That's stupid. Because it used to be, I mean, when I was a kid, it was Klingonese. And then it became, no, no, Klingons speak Klingon. Yeah, but Klingonese we... sounds real racist. Didn't they call it Klingonese in this episode? Possibly. I don't know, but it and sounds real racist. Went back to it, I don't know. Because I felt the same way. Like I, when they said it, I was almost like that. That doesn't sound right. Something... Are we are we doing Klingonese again? This sounds problematic. Turning Klingonese, I think I'm turning Klingonese. I really think so. Blah. Turning Klingonese, I think I'm turning Klingonese. I really think so. Blah. Yeah, that Klingonese sounds real racist. Yeah. Well, it's like, uh, do you watch anime or do you watch Japanimation? So, Neither. And so, okay, so the entry on uh, Memory What's Alpha What's the difference between Japanimation Qu- and, and, and anime? Uh, one is what it is. The other is what weeboos call it. Um, so the entry on, on uh, Klingonese is Klingonese, and in parenthesis, also known more commonly as Klingon, was the language used throughout the Klingon Empire. Turning Klingonese, I think I'm turning Klingonese, I really think so. Kapla. Kapla. All right, so then... Um, Kapla on your face. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> why, why would you do that? Because you're a whore for me. I always, yeah. hate, I always hate the Collis uh, clothing uh, his, name is K- his name is his name's Kalis, bro. All right, uh, Collis, his name's. I think it's Collis the Unforgettable. I think it's Kalis. I think you're from uh, northern part of the Klingon Empire, then. All right, that's fair. You know what? Fair enough. I'll give you that one. Fair enough. You're being racist, Ben. Fair enough. You know what, though? Maybe it is. Maybe it is a, a region, but I've always heard it as Kalis. But you know, I will. Ben's gonna go with the whole maybe you're from a different region and I'm okay. Yeah. Copla. Copla, motherfucker. On your tits. But, <laughs> that's not how copla works. Oh, uh, so that's success on your tits. Yes, it is. No. It's success, Ben. Success. Success. That works for me. Success. 
So anyway, Coppola. Um, and my web page closed. I'm having to scroll quickly. I get what you're. I know what happens from here, man. All right, so good. So I forget though. Okay. So <laughs> now, um, I was too busy thinking about Coppola on some boobs. Coppola. But again, they bought a faces. Meanwhile, Odo needs a check. Yes. And we go to the security office. (laughs) You know what? You guys are all a bunch of dicks. I'll see you later. And so Odo uh, and Kira, they're going through the the security reports. And so Odo's getting kind of frustrated because there's this, uh, you know, these thefts keep on happening. And he's putting the blame on O'Brien because he's like, yeah, he, he needs to be doing these upgrades and them upgrades would be fixing it because he's still using Windows 95 and we need to go up to Windows 98. And Kira's like, don't make fun of O'Brien. He's my boyfriend now. Yeah. And, and of course, with his penis. His human penis. And then of course, I, I love oh, that he's like, gonna get all jealous. <laughs> well, there's a the whole thing where it's like, well, you know, we're like family now. And Odo's like, what, <laughs> really? What, what, what kind of family? Like a sister or a cousin or an uncle? Yeah. Are y'all humping cousins? Dirty uncle. Y'all from West Virginia cousins? Yeah. I mean, there's a difference between California cousins and Alabama cousins and humping cousins. You about to get it in, cousins, and they're like, shut up, and then that's the end of that scene. So yeah. Odo and Odo and Cisco have a combination of like four minutes screen time this whole yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. I think this is when I noticed that like the makeup in this episode was really, really bad. Like you can see the the seam under <laughs> Odo's eyebrow, like where the prosthetic is like lifting up. I think the same thing happened with Cork in another scene where like he was talking and you could see where like his mouth was moving independently of his cheekbone. Yeah. <laughs> and like there was a gap and I was like, well, they okay, probably, it was, it was they, TV. Like they, they could get away with some stuff back in the day. Well, yeah. And what it was, it was less than 720p back mm-hmm. then. Yeah, and they probably, you know what, man, they had a big episode last time they had to build that ship and there was a bunch of special effects and stuff. So they probably shot their wad for the budget. Like, you know mm-hmm. what? We'll just, this will be like a talkie episode where we don't leave the station and we'll see Odo for four minutes and you won't even notice him and his makeup will be bad. But yeah, yeah, nobody will care because we'll talk about fucking sex. Yes. And it worked. But it's a great decompression episode. Like it really is. It kind of takes the air out of the room where you're just like, oh, this is fun. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's weird to have a Star Trek episode that's just about sex. Because all this episode is, is Quark is trying to get laid. Yep. And Worf wants to bang the same chick. But he's going to live vicariously through uh, Quark. The technology is weird at the end because finally um, Lionel Richie Klingon is like, you know what, man, fuck all this. I'm, I don't want to be a part of this house if 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 Quark is going to fuck the old lady. Yep. And I'm, I'm going to challenge you to a duel or I'm going to kill you gonna throw down and we're gonna fucking fight to the death and then somehow some way they cook up some technology they trek the trek and yep. Worf is able to fight this handsome r&b klingon <laughs> keith sweat through keeps key sweat klingon through cork and i don't understand how it happens it just it does it, i believe yeah, yeah, totally. Clarity in Cork's brain through the thing and made him into like a 
marionette of sorts. But, yeah. but Worf isn't in the room, so how does he know what's happening? Well, that, that's why the little things that come up, that, that's probably, like, remember the game? Oculus Rift. A lot of probablys here. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you remember? Do you remember the game that uh, they brought back, and then everybody on the Enterprise was yeah. Yeah. in their eyes? Yeah, Space Mario Brothers. This is the same tech. That's what the parts that were sticking up were. Uh, they were shooting the visuals into his eyes, no, no, so he could see what Quark sees. Sounds like bullshit to me. Uh-huh. No, that's that's what was happening. Because it was the uh, those were the. Those were the optronic relays. Oh, when you say optronic relays, now I'm buying it. Yeah, that sounds but, legit. What did Zia say? Well, it, well. One of the optronic relays went out, and they she had to recalibrate it. Oh God! Does everybody have that music memorized? (laughs) Yeah, I didn't even play as much as you guys did, and I—it's like I'm getting flashbacks to some of the happiest days. Between that and Tetris music, Tetris music may be the most. I don't remember a lot of the Tetris music. I mean, just the main theme, at least. Anything else? Yeah. There's a, a guy, I, I think I've shared the link with Jenny, but um, he, he basically plays piano. If you look up, I think it's like the evolution of game music or meme music or something like that. And he's this creepy guy that plays the piano, but he stares at the camera the entire time. Yeah, that's weird. Playing. I don't want to watch that. And it's, yeah. well, no, it's, re- it's really good. And then he's like, oh, here's a hundred songs that you've heard and you've you listened to but you never knew the title and then he plays like a piece of, of all these different do, do, like, do, 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 do. Oh, that's a real song but yeah so so but i don't understand how any of this stuff works yeah but it's an optronic relay and it's uh, fun it, it burns out momentarily so then uh he has didn't to, like, like worse smack it with a bat leth or something he was just getting too no it, it just it blew it was like Pow! it just couldn't take the, uh. the, the 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 massive surge of masculinity the yeah. surge of sex and so uh yeah now he uh has he's like oh shit and i like how the war he's like scanning and he's like no he somehow he's still alive <laughs> work faster on repairing it and so Quark is going through, he demands the uh, right of proclamation. Which sounds pretty good. You know, uh-huh. and he's like, hey, look, I've been doing all y'all's Klingon stuff and respecting your traditions. You need to respect some of my Ferengi traditions. He's and a master like, of bullshit. Well, he is. Yeah. yeah, he's a Ferengi. That's what they do. And they're like, well, what's this, uh, this right of proclamation? And he's all like, oh, I've I'm got really to, not sure. I've got to give a speech. That's what I got to do. I got to talk. <laughs> About love. Uh-huh. And like he's 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 doing his talk, and all of a sudden they fix the optronic relay, and all of a sudden he's just like, "Whoop!" And now the speech is over. It's, let's fight. Let's fight again. So, like, as I'm watching this, I'm thinking that, like, in like D and D terms, like uh-huh. he's just doing like multiple bluff checks. Yes, like, very much so. Yeah. Okay, he, they're buying it still somehow. I don't know. Jenny, you keep talking that way. We're gonna play D and D. 
I'd, I'd play it. Yeah. I haven't played it in, like, forever. But yeah, he books back from me. <laughs> or buy new ones. We could play fifth wow. edition. It's supposed to be. It's fifth edition's real easy. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. Mm. I got all these dice. I like how my son though has become. He's watched like a ton of the D and D videos, and so his thing is like, no one touches my dice. <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck off of my dice! I'm like, well, yeah. Let me. And he's like, don't hand me my dice, Dad. Keep your hands off my goddamn dice, Dad. I, I need, I need the positive energy to flow. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, son, leave the table. Don't Get out of my dice. Maybe he's got some crystals that can re-energize them or something. Yeah, you never know. I like having dice are fun, man. They're cool. Mm -hmm. You know? I'll totally, I mean, I would like to play D&D. I think that would be fun. Do, 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 do. We're going to play in Star Trek this week, right? Yeah. No, no, because uh, it's your no, birthday. No, next week. Next week. Next, week, next yeah. week. Okay, next week. Let's say it's your birthday. It's my birthday, too. That's right, because it's Jenny's birthday this week. Happy birthday, Jenny. Yeah, thank you. I'm turning, old. You're turning 29. Jenny's yeah. 29. Look at day over 25. Yep. I've seen your birth certificate. I know how old you are. That's weird. I'm from Kenya. About it. You're from Kenya? Mm -hmm. God damn it, I knew it. Certificate of live birth. <laughs> Jenny's fucking Kenyan. I knew it. I'm Too sure good. you can tell by my skin color. Kenyan. She's <laughs> one of them Kenyans. Hell no, man. He ain't But yep. And then um, everybody fucks. And then the episode's over, basically. They, they all end up in the infirmary. Yeah, Worf, wasn't, Worf wasn't too quick to uh, take that headset off. Well, because Worf wanted to hump What's-Her-Face, but yeah, then... He, he wanted to keep that optronic relay He wanted going. to watch. And yeah. Jed, well, that was Jed, part of the deal, I think, because, yeah. you know... He, but Jed Z is like, no, nah, turn that shit off. Jed Z is like, no, nah, man, turn that shit off. We going, we going, I'm going to show you some fucking, I'm going to put it on you. So, so she finally uh, calls him out. And they hook up. Yep. Which is nice. Yeah. Uh -huh. She's the aggressor. And Jed Z, I mean, Jed Z is a fine woman. And when they write, like, she's such a believable Klingon, if that makes, does uh -huh. it make sense? Like, yeah. She's it's, a better Klingon than Worf is. Yeah, she's well, yeah, because she's actually lived with the Klingons and and you know, I'm saying blood bonds with them and shit. Terry Farrell, the actress, is a really good Klingon. Like even in the book, like if you read the book, Jenny, she's talking about like she never really felt comfortable saying like all the sciency shit. She's like, but when I'm just talking to Cisco as an actress or talking to Worf or doing this, it's more natural for me. And, uh -huh. it, and you never really notice it, but it is kind of true. Like, she's a pretty terrible science officer, but she's really great at everything uh -huh. else. Yeah. You know? It's really sad, though, that she, like we talked about on the episode, where they go to the Klingons and infiltrate, that she was allergic to the latex. Yeah, I would love to see her there. Because I'm sure she would have done great as a Klingon. She would have been amazing. But, uh, I know we kind of skipped over the part about... Uh, Kira tries to basically escape by going to Bajor. Yeah, which is hilarious. Yeah, and then Keiko's like, oh no, you can't go alone. Miles! Take She's Miles just trying to get rid of Miles. She's then, fucking sick of him. Go with her! I like when Miles and, and, and Kira are talking about it, and she's like, it's quite possibly the most romantic place on Bajor. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. And it was a lot of like unnecessary details about how yeah. romantic and how beautiful the scenery is and stuff. And it's like, all they have to do is just go down to the planet. She can go hang out. He can go have a vacation on his own 
somewhere else. No, Keiko will figure it out. Yeah. Or just, like that, just go and bang and get in the fuck on with. The runabout. Yeah, but at this point, though, I think she wants to bang him. Or he wants to bang her, but she ain't into it. No, I think uh, both of them know that if they're alone for a while, they're going to do it. They, they both got They should have just done it. They should have just done it. They, they could have gotten away with it. I don't know. Yeah, the thing goes, I, I know O'Brien is, is too much of a, a loyal family man that he... Pussy. He, he would live with that regret for the rest of his life. And I think O'Brien's more into humping her than she is into humping him. No. I, I, think, I, I think she wanted to bang him. I don't know why, but she did. Because <laughs> the Irish charm is hard to resist. resist. Yeah, you can't resist the Irish charm. Can't resist the old Irish peen. So, and that's the episode. Everybody fucks. I love this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's tight. It's real corny and kind of silly and completely unnecessary, but I think that's why I really like it. We we mm-hmm. needed this episode. Yeah, we really did. I'm going to give this episode a six and a half. Mm. I'm going to give it a seven. Oh, shit. We're getting yeah. up there. Well, I'm going to give it a six and a half as well. Whoa, that's a lot of six and a halves. Two of them. So I think Next. that averages out to 6.9. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. episode. Which is fitting because this whole episode is about everybody fucking. I like how Julian is like, I'm not going to ask. I don't want to know. I'm not going to ask how anybody's doing it or how this happened. I'm just he doesn't have to ask because he's got the video. Well, but he's also jealous because there's rough sex going on and he's not having any kind of yeah. That's true. That's what it really is, is. He's mad. Yeah, he's like, God damn it. I just want to have some regular sex. It doesn't even need to be rough. And, and Bob, we are counting down until the incident with Julian. The incident with Uh-oh. Julian. Do I, need to, do I need to go away for a minute so you guys can talk about spoilers? I don't no, know. I, I'm not going to spoil it for the audience, but there okay. is a situation happening. Uh-oh. I don't know. I'll have to hmm, use my brain. baby. I don't know. Okay. Great. Okay. Weird. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we'll all find out together because I don't know what you're talking about, Ben. Neither do I. I'm kind of lost me there, but I'm good with that. I, I'm making shit up. Well, you know what, Ben? You're very good at that. And drinking. Like yep. So there you go, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening to the episode. Uh, we will be back next week with more episodes. And uh, episode 300 is right around the corner. So what are, what are we on? What are we on? I don't know. I got to look. Okay. What 200 and a lot. So yeah, I think it is. Let me see here. I mean, I'm terrified that what if we, this is like 301 and we're like, oh shit, how did he miss it? Yeah, whatever. I mean, that would be typical for this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are at episode number 290. This is 299. Holy shit. <clears throat> so next week is episode 300. Oh shit. I, I, I'm going to need some time off. <laughs> I'm gonna need some time off. You know what? I'm not gonna do it. I, I, I can't. I can't handle it. I can't. Yeah, I, I'm meeting up with Manny. We're going to the gun range. Well, there you go. Have fun. Right. Episode 300 of Dork Trek next week. We probably, won't, you know what? There's a good chance we won't even remember, but hope we'll find out. So there you go, everybody. Thank you for listening. You guys are great. 300, 300 episodes, everybody. Wow, man, man, great. But you're better because you you like it.
we're just doing this now because we're completionists. Mm-hmm. So. We, we stopped all of us stopped liking Star Trek three years ago. I don't even watch Star Trek. <laughs> I, I literally just read the Wikipedia entry. <laughs> I, I, I got the have, Cliff's notes. I haven't watched Star Trek since 1995. You'll ne- they can never tell, though. They can never tell because we, we just talk. You know what? I will say this. Well, I think we mentioned Law and Order like once, so good That's job fine. for us. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because we're getting it out of our system over on the Law and Order podcast. Yeah, just wait for that shit. It's going to be hot today. What, what was the title? I believe the episode of the Law, the Law and Order podcast is called Gung Gung. <laughs> no, no, See, you like, say Gung Gung. This is gung, gung. blowing my freaking mind. Everybody says it different. How? What do you say it as? I just say Dun Dun. I ben, say Bum Bum. I think it's Gung bum, Gung. Bum. It sounds like Gung Gung. Bum Bum. All of these are technically right. There's no wrong way to say it, but I, except I saw somebody the other day said donk donk. No, you're dumb. No, no son. Donk donk yeah, is just fuck fucking right me. out. Yeah, you're a dumb dumb for that. <laughs> my, my, my kids are actually uh, like Pavlovianly trained with that sound because their grandmother, whenever she was babysitting them when they were little, uh-huh. she would just marathon that shit while she was like doing housework and stuff. And so whenever they would hear it, they would come running because she would want them to be quiet. So she'd give them snacks. Try to watch my shows. Exactly. So what she didn't realize is that it was, they had trained then to hear the, the dun dun. dun, dun. And their mouths like, start watering. And they'd come running and she'd give them goldfish snacks so they'd be quiet. That's funny. And so now <laughs> I, I bet I could like summon them just by playing it loud enough and then being in the out, out in when front. Soph- when Sophie was a little little baby, we would watch... Uh, the Office. All we did was watch The Office in Star Trek The Next Generation. That's how this podcast was born. Mm-hmm. Um, Sophie, every time we would watch The Office when the music would kick in, Sophie would wake up. She'd kind of, uh, she'd stir wherever she was. Like she'd be in our hands and we'd be holding her watching The Office. And as soon as the, ding, after the, like the, the beginning of music and then it kind of picked mm-hmm. up, she'd, uh, like she would stir every time. It was so weird. Have you tried doing that? Like just play it? Nah, nah I don't I don't know, but she definitely knows what The Office is because there was a time in our lives where she would just come out and go, are you guys watching The Office? Like, no, we're not. Because she just always assumed we watched The Office. It's not Star Trek. Yeah, it's got to be something, right? <laughs> if it's not Star Trek, it's got to be The Office. Yeah. Gung, gung. I don't see the bald guy. Yeah. Where's that bald guy? Number one. All right, everybody. Well, next week, episode 300. Yeah. I don't understand.